Hello and a massive welcome back to the Eurofocus Football Podcast. And at the start of this week, I just want to give a massive welcome to our new guest, Harrison, who is unfortunately an Aston Villa fan, which might remove the bias. But I was going to clap you. Harrison, hello. Hello, everybody. Nice to have you on, mate. Uh, Connor is unfortunately working this week. He will be back He's next been dropped, week. yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a bit of squad rotation going on, isn't there? <laughs> Depending on who's available and when. Yeah, you just got to put, put the odd yards in, uh, you know, do what the manager says and... Uh, yeah, come listen out, to the ideas. Yeah, come out yeah. the better player. Mm. Welcome, Harrison. Thank you very much. So, there will be no Aston Villa boys today. No, they won't. <laughs> They're going to win the treble, there we are. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll Something see like that, yeah. the conversation, yeah. <laughs> We'll start off with Newcastle and Liverpool, and what a strange game that was on Sunday. Uh, Darwin Nunez. I'll try it. Darwin, Darwin. <laughs> We knew that was going to happen. Pete Bock, mate, come on. Um, I'll just start off with, I thought it was perfect game management from Klopp, really, in terms of that system that he deployed after the red card. Because you expect teams to, when they when they go man down, to just sit straight back, don't you? Hmm. But Go on the defence. It was almost like a 4-3-2 in a way, which still helped them keep that numerical superiority Sorry, in the midfield, which I really liked from him. And I thought he was very brave. So just want to know your overall thoughts. I'll start with you, Harrison. Um, the only grievance I have really with the game is that Alexander-Arnold shouldn't have been on the pitch. Oh, no. uh, Do you think, yeah. That should have been a second year. Like, I know it's early on in the game when they say that you can't, you probably, I mean, it's... it's it's poor refereeing, really, because at any other time in the game, he's giving the second yellow card. There's no doubt in my mind about that. He didn't even look at the ball, which took Gordon out uh, with his hand as well. I, th- I think that is a yellow card any day of the week, and he's already on one, and it changes the game at that point. I know they got a red card anyway and went down to 10 men regardless, so... But, um, yeah, it's, it's one of them, really, I guess. What are your thoughts, Ben? Um, I think you can judge it with the last 20 minutes, really. Um... Newcastle played really well first half hmm. and Liverpool just looked a shell as a team and they've been over the last two years and then a couple of moments of magic uh, 10 men uh, a player who's got a lot of stick last season it's massive for him isn't it um, yeah. yeah exactly getting, getting a brace level, yeah. uh, against a team that they're probably going to be competing with this year um, can't really fault it and going back to you the standard of refereeing in the Premier League it's diabolical it's so inconsistent isn't it that's the it's problem terrible. best league in the world mate and yeah. we have these officials I saw a thread earlier of every single refereeing error so far this season and there was four hours long isn't it there, there was about <laughs> there was about 15 different tweets in this thread probably more and we're three match days into it's the ridiculous, season it's ridiculous isn't it yeah it, it's Mike Dean as well I saw him he was on Sky Sports I think oh I couldn't believe that, just, when that I know there's a referees union and stuff but just open your eyes like, it's not even just little mistakes it, it's game altering ones yeah, yeah. it's costly mistakes and there's no excuse for it I think for Liverpool that was a big win as well because their right. issues have been present this season as you've seen but they've still ground out results again beat Bournemouth who've been had a decent start under Iraola so far Sobozlai has been fantastic or Sobozlai I'm not 100% sure on pronunciation any yet. Hungarians let us know <laughs> yeah any Hungarians out there please do drop me a message with, with no hate please that would be appreciated. But he was brilliant again um, on Sunday. Um, what are your thoughts on Salah? Do you... I know all the rumours are coming out about possibly Saudi Arabia. What yeah. Do you think he'll go or not? Um, I don't think he'll leave now. Yeah, if I'm it, I mean, realistically, he's getting he's getting old as by a footballing standard. Really, when you were mm. at the top, you, 
he's got the experience and he's still good. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt in my mind that he's still up there. Well, he's last year, he's he, he scored 20, isn't he? It's it is what 10, I mean. You know yeah, what there's mean? no doubt about the quality still there. But for him, it's whether he's looking at it and thinking, right, I'm coming to the end of my career here. Liverpool are starting to falter undoubtedly. They're not the force they was before. There's a lot of teams catching up to their standard or exceeding them. Um, so it's whether he wants to move on, find a different challenge, maybe go for the money. I know footballers get a lot of stick for taking these big money contracts. Also the fact that I've, brand, I read yeah. somewhere, obviously, it's a big um, thing for him. It's a Muslim country. Yeah, exactly. Um, he, yeah. He, he wants to uh, yeah, speak, he speaks Arabic, that's his uh, natural language. He just wants to be somewhere a little bit closer yeah, to home. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. He's spent the best part of 10 years. Do you get Klopp's frustrations with the Saudi transfer window lasting a week longer? Probably, yeah. I mean, I, I get it's frustrating, but that that's been part and parcel of football for a long time, hasn't it? Probably, but transfer windows. Klopp, Klopp can start an argument. Why, why does it, if, yeah, why does it affect Klopp? Yeah, if you can't get your look, if Saudi, yeah. it's not like the players that it's not the teams he's competing with that are being able to buy players for a week longer. I know, than I know him. but he, he's stressing, isn't he? Because. He, he doesn't want to lose yeah. Salah, does he? That's or a, anyone who comes in, if you lose someone after transfer windows ended, you can't especially replace someone him, like yeah. Salah. Like, he's not going to go out there and spend 200 million on a replacement for Salah if he thinks Salah's staying. If, if, who in modern football can you replace Salah with anyway at the minute, really, that's going to go? Yeah, I, I did and, see some links with Kiazri in case it was going to happen, but that's that, that's that's a very strange But Salah's been like, not even just good, he's been well. Salah, Salah's been the best. For six, seven yeah. years he's been in... Mm-hmm. Um, Stanfield. And do you think Klopp would also be wary as well because of the impact that losing Mane had at the start of last campaign as well? Oh yeah, that's a blow for them. That mm. was you can see the difference in their attacking lineup straight away. No one realised how much it would affect, but it blew. I mean, Mane has gone downhill massively, of course, but it's the impact that it made to Liverpool. There was just something missing, wasn't there? It's a system it, thing, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I think they just got used to that four years of Klopp and Liverpool um, being toe to toe with City, winning the Champions League, winning a Premier League, and it was just that was the team, and it was so drilled in that is it was the same team pretty much every week it, they played through injuries and then if you lose a big part part of the puzzle the pitch you don't look right and that's exactly what happened last season and Salah carried them last season by far and you know how can you replace Sadio manager and, and you're also you're also losing someone though that scores season in season out yeah, 20 goals yeah. a season that's a was lot it, of goals to lose it, was it 19 in the league last season and then He's, he's always been a massive part of Liverpool, hasn't he? No matter um, what. The, the, oh, difference, the difference right. between the top teams and the rest of the league is that the top teams all have them players that will score you 20 goals a season. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. To lose him is, is detrimental to the attack. Like, yeah. I just, like, if you think about it, last season lost Mahone, who scores scored 20, probably 5, 10 assists. And then if you lose Salah this season, lost Firmino, where, like, how long have they got yeah, to break a replacement? You've, you've got to look at the mental. numbers, haven't you, and think, Gakpo isn't somebody who's going to get you 20 goals as brilliant as he is yeah. that's not the way that he's been deployed at yeah. Liverpool yeah. Luis Diaz looks the most likely to be that sort of main attacking impetus but he's in, not the, play, sort of in and around the he's box he's not really but, played football for a year do you know what I mean exactly, like he's, just and, coming, he's coming off an injury mm, like, Jota's inconsistent as a you've war got, fan you've got a Darwin Nunes although he scored his brace he's finding it quite hard to climatise to the Premier League as well but clearly. then like People seem to forget that people don't adapt like that. Yeah. Like when you're that young, yeah. like if you're in the Premier League career, 27, 28, come into the Prem. You've expected and, to, and, and yeah, because yeah. you've been and about you, a bit. But and a player you look at Nunez's career anyway. You look at Darwin's career anyway. It took him a year to adapt at Benfica. 
And even in the Premier League last year, he still put up good numbers, both across domestic and across Europe. It was the worst thing was that he was signing the same window as Haaland. He was yeah, high because the yeah. instant yeah. comparison. Like you said, but, just the competition between just, Liverpool and City. Yeah, it's just a media comparison, the... which if you're Nunes and you're st- before you start the season, you're going, oh, we're in this. It's me versus Haaland, Liverpool, um, City. And then how demoralising it is. To have just everyone, and I think the, the community shield didn't help either, did it? Because Harlem missed that city, didn't they? Was, yeah. it, was it at the King Power last last season? Was it the community I, shield? I can't remember. I remember didn't, it was three one, wasn't it? Yeah, didn't Nunez score in Harlem? Yeah, because yeah, everyone was everyone was just making it a massive thing, and then it happened, and it is what it is. I, I don't see why you couldn't do well. I mean, he, obviously he's a great, great player, like, but. I still don't think he'll reach the levels of Haaland, no matter if you can find oh, his feet yeah. or not. Haaland, we speak about him a lot, Broke just a because robot. of how much a, yeah, a yeah. robot but, is. But to extend to that, like, that, Haaland's above and beyond. Like You could that score, you that, could score yeah. 35 goals a season and still not be on Haaland's level. Well, look, 35 Kane, goals a season. What was Kane's final tally last yeah, season? 30 or 31. 30, 30, and he still didn't win the golden boot. It's ridiculous. And then Tottenham finished eighth. Yeah. Like, the benchmark has been moved now because years when, was it when Van Persie I think you scored could win it the, yeah Van Persie got 29 when he won it and then there was that one season when I think there was Salah Son and Mane all on level goals wasn't that yeah we've got 19 I think it was 22 I believe because it's the season with when Ronaldo came back that was mm. I, I think he yeah. got like 18 yeah, yeah 18 he was, it was yeah in the end and, and he was like third in the standards yeah yeah because it was last season Haaland broke it after like 15 games when it mm. the previous tally so ridiculous I think I remember the one season when um, I think it was Salah Aubameyang and Mane who all got 20 yeah and Alexis, Alexis Sanchez as well he was not, he, that, I think, not that season that was not that se- oh, was that the season that um, Arsenal won the FA Cup with Aubameyang Brace no this was the year that it was Emery's first year at Arsenal when they did actually so was that they, like they 2016 well. 17 no, 18, 19 was it yeah. was it only that yeah, long the day that I remember because we, yeah, exactly we were at Liverpool like away ago. we were at Liverpool away on the last day and I think Marnay scored to level with Salah for the golden boot Jeez. and then Aubameyang scored at Burnley Mate, Emery's Arsenal seems a world like, a long a lot <sighs> yeah, time, yeah. yeah but that I think that's quite Indicative of how well Arteta's done in recent years, hasn't it? Because there was that original period where people were saying he's not up for the job, but Arsenal trusted him. It's, it's and trust the process thing that yeah. is big style, and it pays off. But teams don't do that anymore; mm-hmm. they don't trust the process. It's like a lot of managers, you've got about four months to make a difference until they start. But then, your head again. but then a lot of times that has to be the case. It does have to be the case. You are right, but at the same time, there are managers that have the quality like Arteta, where if you give them a couple of years, that's, that's and, only one percent. With a young group as well, that's what Arsenal's higher ups realise that this is a young group that he's working with yeah. that he was yeah. being moulded mold, yeah. Yeah. like the likes of when they brought in Martin Odegaard for example who was a big sign at the time but not compared to the likes of but 40, 40 yeah. million what does 40 million in nowadays yeah. yeah but I do I do think with teams like Arsenal it's, it's easier to trust the process because you can have a not good season and still finish oh yeah 100% like, with the lower yeah. teams like you say you have to have the instant yeah. sort of thing mm. else you're going to be facing like, relegation if, if you go down you're done yeah like, it's, it's, it's hard to crawl back out yeah. of that league that's what I'm, like championship's so competitive but we, all, we all know that don't yeah. we yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 we've all like, been through it like, exactly for Arsenal they had a couple well, a decent few seasons of bad, a bad running, won a couple of FA Cups, but because they weren't used to winning everything like they used to be, Arteta could kind of go. Well, we finished a little bit higher yeah. than last season. It's so that leeway, isn't it? Any sort of improvement? No, I don't think yeah. people mind. You don't have to come out the blocks and win the league as long as they're seeing consistent mm. sort of improvement. Which is why Tottenham fans at the minute are so happy with Postecoglou because he's come in, instilled a brilliant style of play. 
there's a consistency through his communication as well, which Tottenham fans haven't seen for a while, really, since Pochettino. Off, and that's what it has to do with Kane leaving as well, though. I think yeah, there is a bit more leeway it, as well, isn't there? Because the main reason is, although everyone thought that Tottenham would go in the mud with Kane leaving, I feel like when you have a team that revolves around one player, when you let when that player leaves, you've got more of a, a dynamic where other players can excel because you're not yeah. focusing yeah. all the play on through the, that one player. On the contrary, though, I don't think I'm going to start really... Biting that bush until they play someone. Yeah, yeah, you are. Like, three the, games moment, in. Yeah, they've played really well, but until they comes to the crunch, yeah, like, until yeah. it comes to like they play a good team, beat a good team, because top top them always do it. No, have, but I think I think you've also got to look at it. You can't expect them to be challenging with the big sides in this league at the minute, can you? In terms of but the I, Arsenal's, Liverpool's, oh no, hundred percent. But I don't think that we should start going. Oh, Tottenham are very very good under Ange until they start. You've just got an agenda against Ange. Oh, <laughs> mate, I, I love the Aussies, you know what I mean? But, um, He's right though, to an extent, you can't judge it off three games because it could just be a little purple oh, patch. Yeah, and then but then this is what you do when you do judge thumb. football, but you've got to judge it on the little yeah, snippets you've yeah. got. The yeah. point is though, is it's about that. Lot, what we were saying, there's a project there, in which is what Arsenal saw with Arteta through. Lot, what Liverpool, we'll go back onto Liverpool in a sec, what they saw with Klopp years ago, which is when they weren't fighting for titles immediately, there was a process and something to believe in and something to build around yeah, which is something that is a massive thing when, you, when you're choosing a manager isn't it it's why Nagelsmann didn't want to go to uh, to the Premier League did he because there wasn't that sort of project that longer term vision is Nagelsmann still employed by Bayern he is isn't he no 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 he's he's not like manager but he's still employed I don't think so yeah I've read somewhere on uh, a German um, post that he's he's employed by Bayern he doesn't do a job. No, well, I don't He's know. Not. But back on to Liverpool anyway. Um, Darwin Nunez, massive for him, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. After the stick that he took last season. And I, I was a massive fan of his from Benfica. I remember when he scored um, against Liverpool in the Champions League. I'm sure you remember. Yeah, I saw it this week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was you watching it again? We've been, oh, mate, I've been watching uh, Darwin um, Nunez Benfica compilation. Oh, on repeat, mate. <laughs> on repeat. After that, it got me in the mood. The long locks weren't there. He was a youngster, no tattoos. And look at the man he's become now. But I think for a centre forward, you need just that confidence boost, don't you? You often need that just one chance to go in. Yeah, it's the currency's goals in it. And then yeah. as soon as you get the goals, the goals yeah. booms. They start flying in then, don't they, really? Yeah, yeah. The goals do. The worst thing is a striker is having no confidence. You hitting the ball and thinking, this ain't going to go got back got a one-on-one, you end up shafting it right at the post mm. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It ruins your game for you then. Can you start overthinking every single shot you're playing, everything? But he's an interesting player because he, you've seen how aggressive he is and he's got bags and bags, no. of, bags of pace, hasn't Matador, he? Matador, he's, he's very much like you said, that Matador sort of approach of just it, pure it's that South American it? style of yeah. the ball yeah yeah. It, like your Cavani's just, and stuff like that yeah. Yeah. just brutes if I want mm. some I'll just go for it yeah. like Nunes isn't the biggest lad but he's just so aggressive yeah. and it doesn't really matter on to the side that Liverpool are playing next week uh, your team Harrison Aston Villa my territory um, we're going to go straight to you um, we'll just tell <coughs> us about the Burnley game did you watch well, um, I, th- I think the, the example with Burnley is is an example of where Emery is perfect at game management. He changes. We we don't really line up that often with a five at the back like he has done. Um, and I think, well, me personally, 
I mean, I, I've learned over the last year to trust Emery's process. But um, when you when you're lining up against a team like Burnley, who are notorious for like nil nil board snooze fest, that sort of thing, starting with a five back for me was a bit like why is it why is he not going more? But it, it proved me wrong. I mean, Matty Cash scored a brace in 20 minutes, and I, I seen. Um, and you have to remember, this is a different Burnley. Isn't it, it is different, yeah. But he's under Vincent Company, obviously, and everything. And obviously, I've been playing well, but um, I seen that Cash's brace was the fastest scored by a Villa player since bent against Arsenal in 2011 really yeah Jesus. so um, which surprised me because um, to see Matty Cash score two goals I mean I'm, I'm someone that hasn't been a big advocate for him being in the team that often I, I wanted the replacement in his window because I don't think he's the quality of right back you want when you're pushing top six at all um, but yeah, it proved me wrong. I mean, Diaby's Diaby's come onto the scene and, and he's won. I mean, I had a bit of a fear again. I mean, as you can tell, I'm quite a negative fan. <laughs> I, 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 I've had it for the last 10 years where it's just it's just moulded me into a pessimist when it comes to Villa. Yeah, but You get your hopes up and then... Yeah, but uh, every, everything seems to be falling into place, definitely. Um, yeah, we've got people who can score from all over the field now, which was an area that 10 years ago, again, we were lacking where it was more of a who the hell is going to score for us this game. And now you've got a brace coming from your right back in the first 20 minutes. Are you looking at signing anyone else? Um, I, I I don't know. Um, there aren't there aren't many rumours flying around at the minute that I know of. But we're one of them clubs that gets linked with everyone in the transfer window. Yeah. I don't take it as gospel until it until it comes into fruition. Um, we've had a good window. We've got Tielemans, we've got Zaniolo, you've got Diaby and you've got Paul Torres, which are four incredible signings for us. Mm. Really good. And it's, it's good, the intent, isn't it? It's yeah. good that we've got a left-footed... Um, centre back as well in the wake of obviously you wouldn't have foresaw it but Mings is ACL he, he's out for the mm. season he is and Mings cannot play out from the back in the same way that Torres can Torres is I mean he, um, he <laughs> he's um, in the two games prior to this one he's been the top um, pass register in the whole team mm. as a centre back I think that's quite when you're in midfield you think that yeah. he, 139 passes I think it's, it's, it's about Everton. progressive passes as well isn't it it's about yeah. that by having the left footed centre half, which is a very niche thing, it is a rarity yeah. in football to have that sort of ability to play from the back by progressing the ball into midfield. It's what having Torres opens up. Um, how far do you think you can go this season in terms of will the Conference League hold you back? Um, I, uh, me personally, I would rather do something similar to West Ham and, and not have a, such a high finish and win the Europa League when you still guarantee European football next yeah. season. Then it's not, and then you can reevaluate. Don't see why we couldn't do both and still finish quite high up. We've got the quality. Um, we've since Emery took over, we um, only Man City have registered more points in the league. And oh, no, actually, no, that's this year. Sorry, in 2023, yeah. City have registered 62 points on the board. We've registered 49. Arsenal have registered 49. And then after that, it's like United on like 45 really and nice. stuff. Second we, half of the season was unbelievable. Last yeah, year. exactly. It's a right storm. And then um, you, it's one of them where when we pick up a good run of form, as long as we've been plagued quite quite badly with injuries at the start of this yeah, season so far, Mings, which yeah. are big, big pivotal players in our team, to be fair. Um, so we'll just see. I mean, the... the the volume of games might prove to be difficult for us. We haven't been tested like that yet, so... I think when I look at examples like that, though, I always look back to our European run, and it didn't ca- it caught up with us the year after, didn't it? Yeah. Not so much the season that we played it. It's just the squad size yeah. as well. Because we, we ran on that sort of wavelength of just momentum for a season when we got to the Europa League quarterfinals. Yeah. Adrenaline carries yeah. you, doesn't it? And well, the thing is, I don't think we're particularly limited because we've, we've won... 
Um, or so we haven't lost for eight games on the bounce at Villa Park now, mm. and we've also won third most away fixtures since Emery took over. Only City and yeah. Arsenal again have won more away fixtures, than us. so it's not like we're limited. He's turning Villa Park into a fortress. Whether that obviously prevails for the rest of the season, I, 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 anyone's guess. But next question I've got is: Should we not you... talk about the Newcastle game? Or no, we're not. That wasn't at Villa Park, was it? I don't think that was a scoreline. No, but just in general. But I also don't think. That was Obviously, particularly telling me. The score wasn't representative of the game to an extent. Mm. Newcastle played did, out the skin as they well. Did, they, did play, they, they did, and absolutely thumped us. But I think um, the problem with that game was, was they took their chances for one. They, I mean, they, they were absolutely... Yeah, at one end. Yeah, yeah mm. constantly. Um, I mean, we were back in the game with that goal, but I think when you lose, Mings for us, yeah, although there's a lot of people... I've always been a big fan of Mings, I have. Whether people character, people slate him, yeah. but he's a presence. Undoubtedly, he's yeah. a presence. He's massive. And when we were, especially in the championship or sort of trying to find our feet in the Prem, you would notice a massive difference when Mings was in the team as to when yeah. he was out, because they lose. He's a, he controls the back line and he's a presence and he wins them balls for you. Yes, he's got a mistake in him, but... Who have you got next? Uh, we've got Liverpool. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've Anfield, taken so. DRB out of my FPL. I think I, I, I have as well, see, but um, I think that'll be if we can win at Anfield, that'll be definitely a statement for us. That will. Definitely I just, I just feel like teams don't, say that teams don't win at Anfield. Yeah, 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 teams yeah, don't yeah, win yeah. at Anfield, that's especially annoying. considering Liverpool are coming off on the run of that victory yeah. against Newcastle. I think it's, if we can go to Anfield now and convincingly win the win against them, then. Um, it, it will be a big statement for how Emery chooses yeah. to, to carry on this season, yeah. I think where well, you've got the Conference League draw, is it th- Friday, is yeah, it? Uh, no, uh, yeah, the draw's on Friday. We've got Hibs on, on Wednesday, um, was tomorrow, but I don't... <clears throat> Previously, I'd have been like, oh, the fixtures are quite rough here because you've got quite a few midweek games mm. in between yeah. big teams, but obviously coming off the back of a 5-0 win at yeah, Easter you Road, can afford to. they're going to play the under-21s mm. realistically or give mm. a couple of other yeah. players a run out that are coming back or whatever, don't get as much game time. So I think we're in a good position realistically at the minute. It's not play. I mean, it's only going to be three games in, so it's not going to. But um, I, I wonder how long it'll be before, if we go far in the competition, it'll become a hindrance for us. Yeah, it's the, when you get to the... <laughs> Sorry, I was moving bottles. Um, <laughs> when you start getting to the dog days this season, when you're looking at you know February onwards, that's when, like especially being in Europe's tough on a lot of teams, yeah. and that's when you know you start to see. The good, well, the unreal from the yeah, good. Ju- just the little sort of niggly injuries, isn't it? Really, like you haven't even yeah. factored it. We haven't even factored in the um, the domestic cups yet. You've still got mm. them fixtures to yeah. play. Yeah, yeah. That's what. There's a lot of games when you get to Europe. There's a lot of games. I think there's something like 68. Poss- if we were to go to the final of every competition we're in, it's like 68 well, games. Yeah, Hopefully, you might be able to go further after you lost to Stevenage last season. Yeah, well, we've, <laughs> we've notoriously always gone out. I mean, the other year we lost three-one to Peterborough at home. Do you know yeah, what I mean? We yeah. always Posh, end up world class side, mate. Choke, we just choke but every he, time. You got to the Carabao Cup final a few years ago, didn't you? Well, I've been Ali to, Samata diving I, head. I've been day. to <laughs> I've been to Wembley now eight times. I have. Is it, which I think it's impressive for the way Villa have been in my lifetime. Mm. Is that all with Villa? All with Villa eight times. Is that semis and stuff? Yeah, obviously you've got the FA Cup semis against Chelsea. We had two like, playoffs. Two finals. playoffs. Um, two FA Cup, Cup final against. Yeah, you got and then you got the Carabao you Cup. Forget final. playoffs. Yeah, but you, you mm. do forget that. But you've all, we've also been thumped four 0 at Wembley by um, Arsenal. by Arsenal. We lost out to uh, United in the final. Um, in 2010, in the in the cup final and that. So I've seen us lose a lot there. 
<laughs> I'd still rather have your record than yeah, my Wembley, my Wembley record of one visit and one loss, and that was the three-two against Watford. Yeah, to be to be fair though, you've had a rough yeah. decade. I've been and eight consi- times and seen us win twice. Yeah. <laughs> no, but considering at least you've seen them win. Yeah, even to get to Wembley, I, I know it's cliche, but even to get to Wembley, it's an accomplishment. But I, I don't understand why more teams don't don't do that. We we're never going to get a look in at the. I don't understand why you don't go to full cup run prioritise. To be the perfectly honest, I don't think that the FA Cup semi-final should be played at Wembley. Anyway. Neither it takes away the allure of Wembley. Yeah, they shouldn't be played at Villa Park or a new. Because Wembley two, are two back-to-back back no. fixtures at Wembley isn't isn't special. It, it does take away that sort of special nature. I know my only visit it's there has been there, isn't it? it? Yeah, because they're still trying to play no, the stadium. They're just in depth so much. The play that's why a lot of like just random games happen there. Yeah, they have the fine is it finalissima? Is it called? Yeah, yeah. The champions of yeah, Europe and they try and get South every America. Champions League final because they're just so in depth. FA when the Where's when they the built Wembley two thousand six. Where's the final this year? Champions League. Oh, I couldn't tell you to be fair. I can't remember where it was. Um, I don't know. I thought one of the European trophies were being played at Wembley for the final this season. I was under that it, it would be the I Champions was. League. It wouldn't be the Europa League if it was the case. Is it Wembley this season? Um, let me have a look. Where is the champ? Yeah, Wembley. Yeah. Mm. Then we've got the Euros in Germany a week later, haven't we? Or two mm-hmm. weeks later. Jesus. Yeah, I know. Another well. It's only been three years since the, well, two years at the minute, but it will have been three years since the last year. Yeah, tw- twenty twenty one when it like when it that started. Did, that did make me laugh how it's still had Euro twenty twenty branding everywhere. Yeah, but spent too much uh, marketing money to, yeah. to read it. But looking up to another big fixture next week, uh, we're looking at Arsenal versus Manchester United, and both teams in a bit of a strange situation. Limbo really, because mode, yeah. Arsenal not one hundred percent at the minute. Arteta still continuing with his little experiments that I'm sure will. I don't off understand in the why it, you say pay off though. What has Havertz brought to that team? He hasn't think, elevated them at all. I think he's, cu- he's currently in a situation where I, I can't see how he's been used because he's trying to use him as a left-sided eight, replacing sort of Granite Xhaka. But then he's also Declan Rice is taking up similar zones on the pitch. There's very much a lack of fluidity compared it, to last season. He's I, also playing players like Ben White at centre back that spent the whole of last season playing right back. But I think I know I know I know he's one of them players that's diverse and can play both. However when he's in that system and fitted in at that right back slot for so long and then you start moving the team mm. he's moving the team around too yeah, much. It's rejigging. Yeah. yeah. It's like with Havertz like you don't really know what's going on because since he's left um Leverkusen, he's been at two teams now. Granted he's only been at Arsenal for five games or whatever. But but to not have a set in stone position at any of the two teams you've been at. That's the thing with Havertz. It's just what's happening in training, what's yeah. happening, what he's you're, so not difficult. Yeah, yeah. you're not talking to him and going, what, what, mm. where do you want to play? Like, what, what do you do well? It kind of seems like he just turns up and goes, yeah, you're here yeah. today, mate, and he goes, oh, oh we need someone then. on the left, you can play there. Oh, we need someone in the middle. Like, yeah, he's, he's, like mo- he's like a James Mill, I wonder where they just fill in wherever they need you. He's the best part of £100 on someone where you don't know where they play. it's ridiculous. He's kept, well, he's been neat and tidy as what you can expect from Kai Havertz, but it's like you say, what has the impact been? I mean, no. that first 25 minutes against, well, the first half really against Nottingham Forest, I thought they were electric. There was a period against Palace when I thought they played really well. But there's um, it's just a nonsensical just little, yeah, fighting. There's little um, little things creeping into Arsenal's game that are very present, pre- preventable. Sorry, uh, did you see the opening goal for Fulham the other day? Yes, it was that was weird. Such that a, was yeah, it's just weird. And they could have Fulham could have won it really. Yeah. Well, Arsenal got one. I, I don't like the word lucky, but to to go to one up, yeah, that late chance from um, Adama Traore, our favourite. Did you see that when he blitzed the whole of the Arsenal defence? Mate, it, I've saw it too many times, and then I'll see what happens after it as well. <laughs> he, he couldn't have done anything um, different with that chance. To be fair, um, so 
obviously I've, I've been quite vocal on that. I don't think Arsenal touch um, anywhere near the top. Uh, are you on agreement with that? Mm, I believe it'll games? be City then a gap between themselves and Arsenal and then a gap between Arsenal and the rest of the sides sort of, as, as I mentioned I don't see why Newcastle couldn't make that top no, three I think, I think they're in that little fight with United, Chelsea and Liverpool I believe maybe probably one of the favourites ahead of them I'd put Chelsea in there based on the fact that they yeah, have, got Chelsea they have shown enough signs in these first three games to be in that fight for top four that West Ham game was a, was an outlier, I believe. Sterling scores twenty five. By the way, he's playing as well. I saw him. It was a. He's coming to my FPL this week. Is, it, is he creeping yeah, in? I, think yeah, yeah, I might yeah, be yeah. putting him in. We'll do a little FPL roundup in a moment, but um, I think Sterling's been brilliant, and it's nice to see him not playing with his back to goal. It's sort yeah. of like vintage Sterling Confidence in a way, isn't it? And it's nice for Jackson to get on the score sheet as well. I think he's shown enough in the first few games to prove that he's worth the money. Just got just got a set. Like we were speaking earlier on the train, Luton. Like, oh, they probably beat us. <laughs> um, yeah, don't, don't say no. it until after we've played Luton. No, no you, don't, mean, you don't want to jinx it, but they should. It just, it just based doesn't on look it, you look at good. them and you go into six points there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everyone it is. just doesn't look very. I, I know, like, I don't mean, you don't want to roll teams. them off because I feel well, <laughs> it's, I, it's bad. I, at I've the same never time, been but. so confident a team's going to go down. Yeah. But I, and it, it's it's sad because it's a fairy tale for them. No, but fairy tales do end, you know what I mean? At least they got the grand renovation out of it, though. I think it's a case where I've said before where. Now it's about sort of solidifying themselves as a club where if they go back down, they're able to fight again. It's yeah. a hard jump to make, though, from the Championship to the Premier League and to that's stay in the yeah. Premier League. Yeah. And that's what they're putting jump. themselves in a better position to go down and come back up and keep themselves at the top of that sort of pyramid. That pile. Of that pile, yeah. as you say, in the Championship, where when they come up, it was a miracle. They want it to be a case where when they come up in the future, it isn't a miracle. It's because oh, Luton have come up. Yeah, it's more of oh, Luton are back again. Like they, yeah. they have come up too early. Um, it's just there's so so many stones left unturned yeah. at the club, and it's not. Ma- like maybe when, if they go down this season, sorry, yeah. Maybe if they go down this season and then come back up in maybe next season or two, then people go, oh, the series. They're here to stay then. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not like when when Brentford come up. Brentford were already they'd moved into their new stadium they would really establish themselves as a top championship club and they were ready to come into the Premier League which is what you see now with their brilliant signings same as Brighton but I feel like with Luton they have come up just that maybe couple of years too early it's almost like Luton and I might be completely wrong but the job's done in a way. Like it's it's complete. We've so, done oh, it. we've got to We're the prem, yeah. It's almost like, it was almost like a cup run for them. Yeah, wasn't yeah it, but, really? but what now? There's, you, with football, professional football, you can't stop at any point no. if you're not. If you're not moving, you're falling, and that's what clubs Quotes need to realise. Especially no, it's, it's right, especially with Wolves. Like when we talk, yeah, <laughs> mate. If you strive for mediocrity, right. you end up getting it, and if you get mediocrity in a couple of years, you've got nothing. You are right though. So the second you stop progressing and start elevating your team, mm. everyone overtakes you, and then 100%. suddenly, suddenly you're free falling and you're in a relegation scrap. Yeah, one hundred percent. And then two years later, you're in League One because you've it's, done nothing about it. I mean, Wolverhampton. Yeah, that's, that's what exactly. Case what, in point, it's, Sunderland. It's like what's happening to you at the minute, though. A couple of seasons ago, you were you were much nailed on for a top ten finish, and then now people you haven't really done anything Mate, seven, with it. Seven, and it's, ten, thirteen. Yeah, like, mid-table team doing well because we're progressing, we're doing stuff. Then now, I've seen people have you as one of their favourites to go down, which is I don't think you'll go down, but at the same time, it's because to even be in that debate, yeah, yeah. in the debate, yeah, in like, the conversation. Like a couple of seasons ago, we were above you by some distance. Yeah, you know, you should have gone down that season with goal on technology, but you didn't. We were above you by a long. 
wrong way. Oh, and now look at you. Know, you've you've not just lapped us. It's banter, you, you've dumped us. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you're so far ahead of us now, and that shouldn't have been allowed. That like we've just we've let ourselves down, haven't we? Yeah, we, we could go on about that for a, a while. Yeah, we could. So I just moved on to um, we could yeah. write an anthology about it. <laughs> yeah, um, Manchester United against Arsenal. What are your thoughts? Just quick prediction. Um, I, I I think they're on the Super Six this week, which I which I play. So I, I think I'm at the minute I am leaning towards a two 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 one win. I think for Arsenal, that's completely spitballing it right now. That's what I mean. That's yeah. why that's why it's why my decision because as well they're not exactly they they're scary in front of goal at the end of the day. And Onana for me is not. <laughs> showed me anything that he's going to be like right he's going to I think it's, it's, his, it's, it's his ball playing ability is, is what they brought him in he's for just scary at the back it's just distribution I don't agree with that necessarily I think there's not not many of the chances that they've faced is something that he could have he's made some worrying clangers though I just, the one against Wolves I think if you're, if you're a centre half and you've got him behind you you've got to be nervous yeah but they've got the centre half to, to sort of back mm. it you know mm. they're, not, they're, not, they're not a joke as, as much as they have been in the past couple of years it's just an unpredictable so. to, it's, so a, it's unpredictable. a really unpredictable game it can go either way yeah, it genuinely can go either way it's whoever turns up because 100%. you've got the likes of Bruno Fernandes He's one of the for me. He's one of the best midfielders in the league. Yeah, shadow of a doubt. Yeah. I think everyone can unanimously agree with that. So mm-hmm. they've got the quality to win. Whether they do, it just like I say, it just depends who turns up. I mean, I've got uh, Martinelli, Fernandez, and Saka all in my fantasy team. Speaking of Harrison's, actually top of the league, which I think smashing is smashing it. So, so basically, you've won this opportunity on the podcast because you're top of the league. Um, just to point out, uh, I started a week late. So if you yeah. do look at my dead position being in a Connor's still the relegation. <laughs> yeah, the, think... the bottom three all started um, in the second week, I believe. Yeah, but obviously, second half of... When we get to game week 10, I want to be pushing them Champions League spots. So. <laughs> the only one I've got in my team for that fixture is Saka. Just because I feel like if something happens, it will come through him. Yeah, it always does. I don't, I don't feel like... I, I feel like both teams are going to score in that game as well. Yeah, it'll be a 2-1 or a 3-1. That's what I mean. Like he, he's pretty much nailed on to yeah, be involved could, in that sort of Could go either way, really. That fixture is always... Other than, other than that in my team, I, I've got three City players and three Chelsea players I have. I'll have a look at my own camp. <laughs> yeah, I've got... Yeah, Botman. I've, 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 I've really I've he's in. injured this week, so that's... Botman, uh, yeah. I bought uh, Alphonse Ariola in because they got looting away. How many points did you boys get this week? 65. 56. 48, mate. Bottom of the pile. <laughs> uh, bought Malo Gusto in. Um, him, Udogi, and Chilwell. Yeah, Rodri got me 10 points, Dees. I've bought in this then, week. I've, oh, here's my free hit. I've got Edison in goal now. I've bought Gusto, Sterling and Jackson in. Foden, you Madison. You used your wild card. I can't believe you used your free hit. Yeah, looking, on you looking at this, there's only two players that I've. Um, it's Esther Pinyan <laughs> and Saka that I've kept the and Harland obviously, but that's just that goes I bought, e, saying bought that Isaac in. I should, probably should have had him in from the start. Have you heard the video of him um, speaking English? Oh mate, it sounds no. like he's from Streatham, mate. Yeah, really. He's oh, is it? Is it? Is like, oh, you're right, bro. How are you doing? I'll, <laughs> I'll show you it after the podcast. And if you haven't watched it, for anyone listening, please do. Please check that out because it's really baffled me to be honest <laughs> yeah no it's proper like and then have you saw his actual accent yeah it, it's, it's not just his accent it's his mannerisms as well yeah. like he's throwing like, his he, arms he, he does like, like I know you can't see it when you're listening but that like the, like the <laughs> you know I, mean? I don't know what you're all imagining Ben I, I was doing just right doing hands, he's very doing, animated yeah. I am yeah um, so no uh, that breaks up the first part of the podcast the Premier League side of it we're moving on to the rest of Europe and then our little uh, game for you all at the end as what always happens each week
so over in Italy this weekend, well, it's probably best to start uh, last Monday, so before the Milan-Bologna game, uh, they started brilliantly. They've maintained a 100% start so far. A brilliant win last week against Bologna, as mentioned, and then a 4-1 home win against Ivan Juric's Torino side, which is a fantastic result, really. Christian Pulisic, then. Talk to me. I don't like him. Um, <laughs> Olivier Giroud, what a good-looking man and what a player. Two penalties. What a career well, he's had, yeah, to be fair. I think he's one of the most underrated strikers mm. of this generation. No one really talks about him that much, but he has had a brilliant career. Oh, mate, he's won everything apart from the Prem, I believe. Like, he's won ev- everything he's ever been in apart from the Prem. And he, he's, he's been the glue in that front side for so long ago. Mate, he's France's he's top a, scorer. He's a brilliant striker. He, he's yeah. brilliant. Like, like, don't get me wrong, that record of his being France's top scorer is going to last about a year. But oh, Mbappe's up 10 away already. It's, it's strange. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like what he's done for the last 10 years, for someone who hasn't played for kind of the best teams in the world, like he's just always been that level below. In that to, to, Mate, to do what he's done. Some of the goals he scored as well. I mean, obviously the one that everyone remembers straight away Sco- is Scorpion Kick. I always remember the, the week after his celebration was a Scorpion the Kick. Athletes, oh. he's, a, he's just ridiculous in a player like that. Mm. He's phenomenal. And he's pretty gorgeous. Which, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's been Most- more than reliable since he's gone to Milan and they were excellent again, as, as mentioned. I think it was great to see less of a reliance on Rafael Leo and I know you're not an avid watcher of Milan Harrison, but even you could see from an outsider's point of view that they were way too reliant on Leo, wouldn't they last yeah, season? Yeah, yeah, obviously. But he, he, he's a good player, obviously. You can see, why. You can yeah. see why they place their faith in him, mm. can't you, really? But it's nice to see... Well, they've had a great window. Brahim Diaz has gone back to Real Madrid, unfortunately, so that's why Pulisic come in. Mm-hmm. Um, Reinders in midfield. Him and Loftus-Cheek have sort of made up the replacement for Tonali. Obviously, losing him was huge, but Reinders has settled in perfectly from Azad Alkmaar. Uh, he looks brilliant. His, um, I think it was here. He got the assist for the opening goal last week. Pulisic again, excellent long ball. But I've been impressed with them. Um, so far it's, I'm looking at the season I spoke about Juventus last week and how maybe they're sort of they made a statement of intent against um, was it Udinese last week yeah uh, they fought with this weekend fell to a 1-1 draw against Bologna who we've mentioned quite a bit in the last two minutes <laughs> um, but one of my early season favourites who I said uh, before the season started was Lazio uh, they stand zero points after another loss against uh, newly promoted Genoa I don't know if you saw any of that nope Oh God! Oh, God. No, um, it's not pulling uh, teeth. This I, is. I caught the highlights, but I'm never in when you know Serie A play. So You're just never that, in, are you? What? You just never. No, in I'm a general. man of the world. I'm in and about. The only games I watch Serie A is when I go there every week. <laughs> I can only watch one game, mate. So you know, yeah. Um, but no, um, Genoa Retegwis uh, scored his first goal for Genoa. It's going to be a big season for him as well as all the Italian strikers. We spoke about Immobile uh, last week and sort of how. I don't think he... I mean, I know it's pre-season, but when, when they played us in pre-season, I, do, I don't think he looked that... You know, like... He, I was worried... He's an, he's really, an ageing striker. I, I know he's ageing, but... Yeah, but I was worried when he come. I know it's pre-season. I say worried because it had no consequences pre-season, but I was thinking, <laughs> he's, he's going <laughs> to rip us apart. Because, you know, formidable mm. Europe's top score, that sort of thing. And it's like, mm. he come and he just... He doesn't... He looks like a shell of what he was before, really. Even then, though, he's, he's always just been a centre forward who is in and around the posts and that's always been his job he's never he's fit into Lazio's system isn't he like I was expecting big things to be honest from Lazio this season third season for Sarri really stamping his mark on that team the signings of Daichi Kamada I know they lost Milinkovic-Savic but they've sort of he got sent off 
they've basically moneyballed their way to replace him really with um, Kamada and the other signings that they've made. Um, but as I mentioned about Italy's number nines, Retegui, obviously Argentinian, doesn't even speak Italian, but uh, plays for the Italian national team. Um, it's going to be between him, uh, Scamacca and Immobile. A big season for them all. Scamacca's a perfect signing for Atalanta. It didn't necessarily work out at West Ham, but it's clear to see why it's not so much uh, slightly towards him, more of the West Ham system. And I'm intrigued to see that ahead of the European Championships next summer. There's, um, as I say, a big fight for places there. Uh, Lazio's big rivals, Roma, um, lost this weekend after a draw last week. Who did they lose to? Verona. Uh, Verona, was it? Ten men, Verona, as well. Ten men? Well, um, yeah, I think so, yeah. Have you seen um, Lukaku's going to Roma? Yeah. Harrison's laughing because he beat Ben to, to get to, to <laughs> no, save Verona. No, I'll, I'll, out, I'll out us both. If, if I'll have to fall on the sword he comes with me we had to Google that we didn't know so uh, I, I, I Googled it and Googled it before so there we are sorry Harrison it's alright man I want to take professional as well I'll fall on the sword at least uh, we've got a good chemistry we, with the we've new Lukaku, signing we've Lukaku though, yeah. he's such a fall from grace considering he went for like excess of 100 million to, to Chelsea not that long ago and then he's getting loaned out for 8 million last season and no, it's ridiculous it's 8 million again Cut. this year it's Cut. stupid Marty it's gone. It was a strange start um, for the Jalarossi, though. It was they played really strangely well. I mean, they're still missing Mourinho. He's still suspended. Um, Dybala's obviously not back yet properly. Tammy Abraham's still out. Lukaku's on the way. Yeah, Lukaku on the way. Um, back to what we were saying, though. I mean, about Lukaku, he's guaranteed to score your goals, isn't he? Really, it's. Is he there anymore? Yeah, even at Chelsea, he scored goals before that silly interview that he oh, no, decided he scored, to give. Well, I went to Chelsea away and he scored a brace pass. doesn't come and shushed us all. Yep. And then um, when he played against Villa on Boxing Day, didn't he? He come back from injury and tore you to shreds. He's still a formidable striker. He's guaranteed goals, I think. I don't understand where, where, where it's gone downhill for him at all. Because Inter, Inter couldn't afford to, to buy him last year and he's burnt his bridges with Chelsea, hasn't he, really? And he's been eating a bit too many burgers, is <laughs> he? He's, he's put on he's about big, 20 big kg. Boy. He was always big, but he's just he's he's lost big. that mobility. Yeah, he's lost the mobility. When he come back last year from injury, he did look like his old self again and, as I say, Inter couldn't afford him. Juve didn't... How that, old is he now? It's just it's gone into his 30s. 30, you know? yeah. Juve didn't want him, really, unless Flavich was to, was to depart. And Juve weren't going to let him <laughs> like the Juve fans. Yeah, and Juve's so. fans simply weren't having him at all. But um, I think he'll do well there. I think, as I said, Dybala's not back yet. He's They are very reliant on him. And there is a few rumours about Mourinho because you know what it's like. Mourinho in third season always seems to go downhill, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not clockwork, isn't it? Every and, time. And he seems to be never on the touchline anymore because of all yeah, the suspensions. He's, he's always gets sent off, doesn't he? I mean, so. I think he got like a record amount of red cards for a manager last year. Still That's my favourite manager of all oh, time. Oh, he's oh, my favourite manager, but he's I think chosen one. At some point, he's just got to realise that he's just got to tone it in. Sometimes mm. I think and I know that's the Mourinho way, but yeah, some, it, sometimes yeah. his teams are on the losing end of games because your manager's not so, there. Yeah. I think for Roma though, it is disappointing because everyone was expecting after the Conference League win in 2022 that they would progress to become one of the sides capable of winning the league. But they're really not looking like that. All yet. the eggs were just in the one basket yeah. last year, weren't they? And and they still lost to Sevilla in the final. Yeah, it's like without Diabala last year, like I know to Abraham, they were, they're very, very good poor. season the season before. But they're very without poor without Paolo Di Bala. Yeah, they're not the same side at all. I know Belotti scored two last week, and it will be nice to see him to get some form and maybe put him in that mm. sort of number nine Italian debate that I was talking about earlier. But 
they just haven't got that same impetus well without the baller really it just looks like well it doesn't look like there's just no structure at the club and I know it happens with Marino all the time but I know he's had his success there and won uh, the conference but as a Roma fan it's just got to be horrible they adore him they adore him don't get me wrong because Italians are used to watching football over the years when was the last good at home? oh it's early 2000s for Roma well in the early 2000s well, yeah, they won year. ten, um, nine back to back, wouldn't it? So it's after me. Yeah, the last team to win the Scudetto before Juventus was, was AC Milan in yeah. 2011. That was the Rubinio era, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and into, since then, then... Into won the treble 2010. Yeah, Juve didn't quite do t- ten in a row. No, it's nine, yeah. wasn't it? They won from 2012 to 2021 when Inter won their first. Yes, yeah. Because mm-hmm. Inter won theirs in COVID, didn't they? Yeah, there was no fans in the ground when into one. No, that, that's a weird period. Though. Yeah, very strange. It's Imagine how heartbreaking that would be, though, to go nine years of just the same team winning, then you finally win and you can't watch Ra- it. Ra- Rangers did it, didn't they? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's See, heartbreaking. Atleti, Atletico Madrid won it in COVID. Lille won Ligue 1. There were so many so many leagues that year. That Liverpool? Liverpool won the Prem. did it. Um, and that was 30 years away, wasn't it? Yeah. It's typical, isn't it, really, that these things yeah. seem to happen? I, I think that's a weird period. I don't know about you boys, but, well, obviously... It, that was just such a forgettable yeah oh to look at the football in that period I mean even Villa beat Wolves at Molyneux which never happens and they beat Liverpool <laughs> 7-2 as well the Fortress God, yeah ridiculous oh, Molyneux the Fortress Molyneux the Fortress never heard of Clifton Bowl well it is it is a fortress just when it has fans <laughs> <laughs> The race for the Scudetto is currently looking um, sort of wide open, really. They open a few games. There's been a lot of statements of intent, really, from the top sides. I know Juventus fumbled at the weekend, but the two Milan sides have currently looking the part for me and Napoli. Um, Napoli looking good under Rudy Garcia, which I was a bit sceptical of before, um, due to his time at Roma before. But um, no, Lautaro Martinez has started fantastically. Yeah. Um, scored an opening day against Monza. Uh, scored again last night. Turam looks a brilliant bit of business for Inter. Uh, Marcus Turam had his highest um, goal scoring season for Munch and Gladbach last season well deserved move whether they have what it takes to go the distance over 38 games only time will tell um, but yeah another weekend of uh, Calcio over in Italy and now we're moving on to our <laughs> what's funny about that Ben Calcio <laughs> yeah I did sound a bit like yeah, yeah, Mario, Mario, yeah. Like, what's, what's his name the Fifi the Pempfers no, because I remember he used to be like, Fernando Torres, like the blokes from Watford. Yeah, Fernando Torres. Who's the commentator as well? It's on FIFA. Oh, Bruno, Bruno Fernandes. Derek Ray is actually fluent in like German, for example. So that's yeah, not Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> if he went, Basio Schweinsteiger, they'd be like, oh, fair play. No, but he re- that, is how you say, you know, that is how you do actually say Bruno Fernandes, and we just say Bruno Fernandes. How do you know? Is he fluent in Portuguese? Because he him. Yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't no, Bruno every, Br- fair, Fernandez talking this- about about pronunciations? Did you see that video of um, like Premier League players announcing how to say their names last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Joel Ward was like Joel Ooh. Ward. I swear <laughs> the Joel Felix one was really weird, wasn't it? Joel Felix. I always remember the, the John McGinn. John McGinn. It was like uh, it was like Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo. John McGinn. John McGinn. <laughs> I think I'm quite big on pronunciation since thought we found out that Urian Timber is Jurian Timber. Yeah, Jurian. Yeah, Jurian. Wait, don't get the boys now. <laughs> yeah. Ungolo Conte. You do speak Dutch as well, so there's no excuses. I'm not for fluent it. in Dutch. Can you speak it? 
We uh, can, yeah, I can read them. Ben Aston, one point. Um, <laughs> one nil. <laughs> ben Aston is Leckart, yeah. Um, is that your way of advertising yourself? What? Advertising yourself is no, tasty. So I'm, no, I'm a, I'm a CV is Ben Aston, Leckart, yeah. So Ben Aston is tasty, you're saying? No, that's just references. Our former ex-girlfriends. Oh, okay. Ben Aston <laughs> is Leckart, yeah. Brilliant. And on that note, we'll move on to the final oh, segment dear. of the podcast. I hope none of Ben's ex-girlfriends are listening to this. So to end the episode, we decided to do a little little bit of something fun, as we always do. Um, we got So being as Connor's not here this week, he sent us a list of five uh, footballers from the past, could be any time in the past, uh, just to debate their sort of transfer values and what we think of them and what they'd be worth in today's market, really. And um, we're going to do something similar each week. Um, so for next week, any listeners want to ask the questions uh, on Instagram again, just send in your suggestions, any questions again. Um, but I'm going to start with the list. Um, Connor's just sent it us earlier, so we had little time, you know, to sort of prepare and do research about it. The first player we've got, um, Tim Cahill. I'm going to start with you, Harrison. I, I don't, I don't know, because I, I had a quick Google before we before we started the podcast just to see what each each person went for um, at their height. Um, Tim Cahill's biggest signing was for two million when he went to Everton at the time. Mm. Now, I, I don't really remember that. He replaced Rooney, didn't he? Off the top of my head, I don't think I don't remember that much of him really. The only thing that stands out to me is um, in the World Cup, the volley. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the main thing that stands out to me. But I mean, he was he's a he, he's worshipped in Australia, isn't he? And he's a hero. For yeah, no, he's, he's probably arguably the best ever Australian. Well, you probably look at Schwartz, Viduka, and Cahill. They're the mm. they're the three, but. I'd probably just say he'd be, uh, for me personally, there's not much that stands out to you. I mean, I think he's just one of them players that just got the job done. I'd probably, you'd probably put him I about mean, a similar he's, sort he's of... He scored about 50-odd Premier League well, goals. you probably put him, I was going to say, you'd yeah. probably put him about the same sort of price range, I'd like, say. It's like your James Madison's and your Ward Press, about the 30 to 40 million. I, I don't think he's that expensive. I, I know he was a decent part of... He was a heading monster. Yeah, what, what players... Well, he was an absolute monster. Yeah, but I also think the fact head. that he's Australian, like, I know it's saying staff, but... It doesn't matter what people say. Price where you're down. from in the yeah. world, it does, does matter. Depend. You are right, but I was gonna, I was gonna say until you say that. Obviously, with the English tax, I was gonna say the, the difference now. You've got Warpres going for thirty and Madison for forty, which I'd say would be in that middle tier. Anything less than that now, and you're getting into the the price range of youngsters like your Carney Chukomekas that went for seventeen million. You've got Archer that's just gone for fifty. I know these are Villa players. That's why I know off the top of my head, but. If you're valuing him at less than 30, he's in the same sort of price range as academy yeah. players. I think, I think 30. If, if we're taking him in his prime, we're talking a 30, 40 minute. Yeah, that's what player. we should base his off. He, he was, yeah. he was he someone was, who offered you goals. He was overall a leader. He was somebody who you wanted in your side, wasn't he's, he? His prime, I, I remember it was obviously I was a kid. So it was like. Seven eight was when I remember it was the it was the Chang it was yeah the Chang the, the, the end kits. of the, the Umbro Everton yeah, kits just coming into that era of where they got consecutive well in the middle of the European games hmm. and Kale was always a good player he seemed to score he, every week though didn't he he, he was always a good player but he just weren't the upper echelon and he was he was just a, mm. a good player so that's why I think 30 million you do your job ain't you 30 yeah. mil you'd yeah. probably say I think, I think 30 mil but I think anything over that it's no fair valuation, isn't it? Really, yeah. he's not. He's not one of them players that's going to break the transfer market. It'll yeah, be a yeah. big money side. But I don't just... even think it's like on the other side of that. I think yeah. he's a good player, but yeah, I don't. I don't want to you know, you, slag you Tim Cahill off. A you. useful player. Yeah, like mate, great player. Can play multiple positions. He used to one that you'd want in your team. Yeah, yeah but 
his, his, his think... goal catalogue is well, some of the best I've seen. I don't, to be I don't think there are. At the time he was playing, and he's been, we'll, obviously we'll say this for each player, they're pro at him. Um, I don't think there's many teams in the league outside the top six that would have said no to him. If he wanted to move there, there wouldn't have been. But to be, to be fair, that was in an era of where his type of the, player was wanted. It's, yeah, he was yeah, a, he yeah, was a physical yeah, presence. Yeah, yeah. He was a box-to-box midfielder who got himself in the box. And, and that was an problems. era of where outside the top six was a lot closer than it is now. The top six like, was a top four at that point. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Like you, you probably you were coming towards the end of the Newcastle era of, and then they started to drop down a little bit, but. Back then, it was very much United, clear, Chelsea the odd season. Um, Liverpool and Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal. And then Liverpool weren't really near for a lot of the time. Mm, But they were always... They they were always in that sort of race, weren't they? But it was never... There was that once, was it? The, the, fin- the finished second one year, and apart from that, for multiple years, like even when they won the Champions League, terrible... Terrible in the league. Um, Sorry about Ben Ben, um, hiccuping whilst he's... um, but yeah, Tim Cale, good player, but not not, not mad money. Yeah, no, yeah, no, not mad money. But then again, what most things are mad money nowadays. Football, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. To be fair, we say it. Yeah, we did thirty million yeah. still crazy to pay for someone. Yeah. Second, crazy. second on the list, Connor Central. Somebody who just reading his name epitomises technical excellence. Really, Ben will probably remember him more than me and Harrison. But I've watched a lot of him since. Uh, Deco. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Ben lost himself um, there. If I'm honest, I remember watching, I remember hearing of Deco as a kid when he played for Barca towards the end, and then when he came to Chelsea, my views probably less heightened because uh, of the end of the year. But I've spoke to a few people about him just in the past, um, and he was world class for. I've watched Porter. so many compilations yeah, and of him before. <laughs> as a you know holding midfielder. There the weren't many people better than Deco. I He's think technically, per, yeah, yeah. I think personally, you know, won Champions League twice with Porto and Barcelona, two thousand four and two thousand six. I think Deco, with how good he was, just go back and watch. It, it's it's so easy. He'd be a hundred million. I think one hundred and twenty million. Yeah, you're looking at the sort of players in their primes and what these players are going for now. You look at a player like that, as I say, technically gifted. He weren't the best physically, but he wasn't required it, to be. It was, it was small, and it was just pass move, pass move, like a Gundogan in, it, a, in a sense. Just, uh, just a lot better. Mm. And then, yeah, like if you think nowadays, if if there's a player, don't disrespect Gundogan like that. Yeah, yeah. If if you think nowadays, it is a player who's been absolutely integral to two Champions League winning sides. Um, had a pretty good year in 2004. Kept not, Iniesta not, on the bench yeah, at Barcelona. Was, not that to was say, how much would that be worth? He, like? went, he went then in 2004 to 5 for 21 million then. Yeah. That, and that was a big money. fee at the time. Big, big fee at the time. It, into, was it Roycott's Barca, I'm going to say? Because, mm. um, yeah, it would have been Roycott's Barca just before, well, a couple of seasons before Pep. Um, was it Hullet's? But, have you got... Nah, Hullet. it would have been Hullet was just before, wasn't it? Hull it was two thousand three, I want to say, been. because Rycott won the Champions League two thousand six. I'm pretty did he? Okay, I'll tell you. What I, oh yeah, I might be wrong, mm. but um, like you just said, bang on twenty one million in two thousand four. That was that was at a time as well when the record fee was for Zidane about 40, 45 mil. Yeah, that lasted a long because when Zidane decade, went, it? Yeah. that was we, like we were actually talking about mark. this in terms of transfer fees earlier. In terms of when when that Ronaldo and Bale transfers happened in the space of four years, 
nobody ever foresaw 86 million, for example, being broken in the way that it has. And now it's it, average. You know, we were saying to look at a top player. We were talking about Matthias Nunez earlier going from Wolves to City and Wolves are holding out for about 65, 70 million. Sorry, Ben's ready to go off on this one. But it's you're looking at the, these players now, 70 million is sort of the benchmark for a top top player, whatever position it yeah. is, really. I mean, we, we spoke yeah, about Kai Saido, a brilliant player. 110 but mils, absolute blasphemy. Enzo, yeah. Enzo, <laughs> Enzo Fernandez, my favourite midfielder in the Premier League, possibly the world. 100 million after a few good months with Benfica and a good World Cup. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This, this is the, the sort of transfer fees we're looking at. And then we're looking at Deco there, a player in his prime. Yeah. Can, can I ask, um, how old was Deco when he went to Barca? Do, you know, do your research. I'll, quick, I'll have a quick Google that well, me, and, me and Ben will rant about Matthias yeah, Mate, <laughs> I've been wanting to mention some all up. It's a disgrace. If, you're you're I know, under contract, aren't you? At the end yeah, of the I know. He's 20, 27, 27. 27. I know we're in this era of weird Maya arrogance, we admire everything, mm. but it's the core, and mate. You're employed. You're if employed, if I yeah. go into work tomorrow and go, I've had a better job, I ain't coming in anymore. These are multi-millionaire footballers who are children. They've never had hardship, and fair play, they're incredible footballers, deserve everything they get. They've sacrificed a lot. But not turning up for a team who's paid big, big money for you for the chance to go to City, it's a joke. Is that, what he's, is that what he's doing? I haven't seen yeah, Refused to train. Really? It's an absolute joke. That is bad. That is bad. You say to... any other job, any other job, and you're getting yeah. your P45 anyway, and they're kicking yeah. you out regardless. Yeah. Yes. Mate, it's an absolute joke. He should and be ashamed of himself. his bridges as well, because if he left for Manchester City, and or as, as a fan, you'd say, yeah. Fair play. Stop with Grealish. Yeah. I said, yeah, that, yeah. that hurt me, but I still go, you know what, you no, want to go and win trophies, you're going to win trophies. But wouldn't tolerate well. that either. Exactly. If he did that at City, he'd be on the first plane out of that. And, it's and a with, joke. With Matthias as well, he's only been here 12 months, and granted, I love him as a footballer, but it's not like with Grealish, where with you, he, he'd grown up a Villa fan. With Matthias, if he left, like when any player leaves, you hold your hands up and say, yeah, who wouldn't? go to play for Manchester City yeah. who wouldn't want that there's a way to go about there's, it there is there? a way to go about it and absolutely pathetic refusing to train and I had to force the move because we're holding out for the money I don't trust the club to reinvest the money either but that's another story for another day we'll get onto that it's next got, week after the I transfer know, I know he's got no loyalties but <sighs> I think do you think I'm in not... a way it's, it's almost frustrations looking at how the Neves situation was handled about how Neves was rejected big moves year after year it, and it, then he's maybe wants to go it's just the right fact that we brought him to Europe 50 mil it doesn't matter regardless of what you want you're under contract yeah, exactly that's what I'm saying you, yeah. you I don't see where he can still get paid how can you still get paid when he's not holding up his end of the contract he's not playing for yeah, the club you put pen to, when he signed that contract you honour that contract yeah. it doesn't matter what if you want yeah. to move out fair play speak to management and you, go you, you don't oh, know, I want to go yeah you don't know what the sort of agreement was in terms of whether he would leave this summer etc but even at the same time when you're employed by an employer you do your job I also think you burn your bridges with other clubs as well at that point because although City might end up buying him he might not do well at City and then they try and offload him as part of financial fair play and then clubs and then other clubs will go well I don't really want him because what he did at Wolves what he did at Wolves he's a bad apple in the camp you don't want someone like that he's an absolute Idiot, like he's, he's an absolute idiot. Yeah, and well, we've just gone very off topic, haven't we? No, we, we needed to say something, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, Deco is twenty-seven. Um, third player, probably. One oh no! Uh, so one. what we all saying about Deco? Oh, oh, I agree with evaluation about uh, borderline triple. Yeah, he'd be on triple digits. Yeah, yeah. triple digits. And then with third player, we've got probably the toughest defender ever, Nemanja Vidic. Well, I, can I go first on this one? Because I've got a big, big take on this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If Van Dijk can go for 75 million, 
Vidic for me is 90. 80, like, extra 10, 15 million. Although the game's changed, and I do think they're completely different defenders, and I really do. The art of defending. Vidic was putting in his shift for years at the very top. Van Dijk's only... I know he was good at Southampton. He's only been playing at the very top for the last, like, what, four years, five years. Five years. He's a defender that... You see a lot of argument when you look at Vidic's stats and um, all these ridiculous numbers of clearances and tackles and all that sort of thing. You say, well, yeah, he's different because back then the game was different and the defenders were brutes and they'd bully you. Whereas now Van Dijk will be there. He doesn't need to make the tackle because he's already read the play 10 yeah. moves ahead and he's there to pick the ball out. Click, do you know what I mean? But on a different... Like, if you if you have to compare them, you have to say that Vidic was a staple in that defence In terms of years. his job, no, his job at the no, time. It was about the same, maybe a year longer. From about 2007, 2013, six years, Van Dijk's been doing it for five. So it's not it's not like Vidic was doing it for... I, let's I say Van, John Terry was doing it for 15 years. Yeah, but I still think that Vidic was... was Top, in terms top, of performing top. his job at the time, yeah. which is a different job to what defenders nowadays perform, it's when you look at it relative to that in terms of being at the top of your game, in your role, there was no one better was there really across... You look at it as well. He's got he's got some ridiculous stat. Like he played, I had a look again. He played 211 games for United, yeah. And with him at the back, they kept a clean sheet in 50% of them. I know it's not solely him. That, that was but he's Rio, part. Gary. Yeah, yeah, and Patrick you and you've got and you've no, got Van der Sar in goal. But he still plays. Goal. He still plays a part in that mm. though, doesn't no, yeah, he? Really? Yeah. I'd, I'd lean towards with you. Um, I'd say probably more than Van Dijk, but also the fact that we need to realise that you know. Van Dijk has been absolutely unbelievable for five years and probably I don't think well, he has mate, for the yeah. whole time I, I, I don't think the last two years Van Dijk doesn't do the oh okay maybe in the last two but 2018 to pre-injury Van Dijk there was no one Vidic got yeah. made to look stupid though and people seem to forget Torres bullied him yeah Torres so did bully him. That, that was his but, tonight though wasn't yeah. it at the same time just quick at the strong, same time Van Dijk got bullied by Sterling there's been certain players where Van Dijk's literally it happens to every defender yeah. at some well, point I, in their career. I think there's this uh, consensus of Vidic that was, he was just a brute. He was very smart. He scored a lot of he goals. He was also a very He's, good yeah. footballer, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he scored a lot, brute, of, yeah. a lot of goals. Um, but I think because the fall was so quick, from he went to Inter and then he, he did drop off massively. Yeah. I think people forget how good from 2008 to 2013 Nemanja Vidic was. I don't think... like. That 2008 Champions League campaign, he was everywhere mm. at the back. He was absolutely unbelievable. He's a phenomenal just red cards. Are, 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 are we saying like top top money for a centre half? Then like sort of 75 to 100 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would. But, yeah, based on his prime, at his prime when he's at his absolute best, he I don't see why he wouldn't be up there in the modern market nowadays. Might even be the first centre half to break the 100 million. Uh, yeah. Um, I do. I do think he's he's not one of the. He's one of the best. I don't think he should be in the conversation for the best defender the Prem's ever that's seen. John Terry. Yeah, that mm, that's yeah, the, that's reserved that. for the likes mm. of John Terry and that. But that was more because of longevity yeah, as well, it, it wasn't was, it? Yeah. Also, Vidic was never. Oh, because I remember Vidic was never classed as one of the best centre halves in the world. No. He was always a good centre half, but he was never in the. And that might be because there's there was less social media mm. and there yeah, was exactly. like, that, that everything was brought out yeah. was and you had was to, made by actual corporations. It like nowadays you. You only have to go on yeah, Twitter like to back see. Back in the day, yeah. who was the top 10 players in the world was determined by FIFA. And now you can make your own mind up. Yeah. So a, a lot's changed. and For better or for worse. Yeah, but 
it's changed. So yeah, the next player is actually the arch nemesis that you just re- that you just mentioned, Fernando Torres, my favourite player growing up as a kid. Um, Phenomenal, so aggressive and with blistering pace for a centre forward, and it's. If we're talking about him just solely in his prime, then terrifying, that's terrifying. Right. But even 2007, at- 2008, mm. was. Up Have you seen the, the size of him now? Yeah, oh, he's one Absolutely huge. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Probably mm. pumped up. But he, he, he's one of them ones. I think I see. I seen some of. Not that long ago, actually, about him, and I can't remember the exact stats. So someone might be able to Google his listing or whatever and prove me wrong. But I think it's something ridiculous. Like his goal to game ratio, yeah, was, he scored in like sixty three percent of games that he played for Liverpool. No, it, it, it was which is a ridiculous, ridiculous number. Seven oh eight. I, I like no. He was the best, he was, best centre forward in the world. Yeah, he? He, mate. He was, unbe- and he was. People seem to forget how young he was. Came from Atletico, was captain of Atletico. I think twenty one, twenty two. Came to England, and I remember he scored on his debut against Chelsea. Yeah, the side foot into the bottom. Yeah, corner. and that's when he, mm. he st- uh, sat on his arse and just went, "Come on, I'm here." Um, <laughs> El Nino. And then, but I, I, apart from Suarez. And maybe Haaland. I've never saw a player just come, come in and make that. Just come into, and maybe Aguero, to be fair, but come into um, English a, a team as yeah. a striker, as a young lad, and just go, I'm here, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm scoring a goal a game. And that that second season, he was absolutely, like we said about Vidic. It was a shame for him, really, because he had that knee surgery just before, um, I don't know if you remember, before the 2010 World Cup. Yeah. Cause Rushed it, himself back he, for the World Cup. And then that sort of what yeah. tailed off that, his, yeah, sort of, sorry, his Liverpool yeah, career. Yeah, they said off. that um, if he didn't play that, he could extend his career. But to be, he knew that Spain team was going to win it. And yeah, you, you'd want to play in that because I mean, he also scored in Euro 2008 final yeah, against Germany, won, the winner, won the Golden Boot at 2012. Yeah, um, people seem to forget. Even at Chelsea, even at Chelsea, 50, he wasn't a business. I know that fifty million is probably like a hundred million now, but mate, they got that was their first Champions League. He paid that money back. With, with and just then you, everyone remembers I'm the not, Torres. Not, oh! I, think, I think with the price tag, with the, with the price tag though at the time, it's like now when you get a player that comes for a hundred mil, you expect yeah. them mm. to be like that. And if On they're the, not, yeah. then it's like with, it's like with, for example, like Nunes last year and like Enzo Fernandez that weren't, yeah. but they didn't particularly come in and blitz it straight oh. away. And people go. Right, that's it. They're finished. But they finished didn't have player. bad seasons, and then no, they it didn't. But it's because they didn't yeah. rip it up and set the set the league on fire. I, then they're automatically. Yeah. <laughs> I think, on a, we shouldn't judge Torres's price now from when he got brought in 2010 Just from in, Chelsea. In his prime, we should yeah. we should judge it on those two years. To be honest, that fee at the years. time was ridiculous really yeah. considering his injury record yeah. and he'd already tailed yeah. off at Liverpool and so the 50 million fee in general probably would those over, two years overinflated 150 genuine for a, for a yeah, mid 20 yeah, striker he's breaking the, the 100 yeah. million a, a mid 20 striker who plays for Spain who scores one every two three yeah. games if no, that, no, no, one, one, that, yeah. one every one and a half games yeah. and scores everywhere uh, and but we've got it, to look at he that. He had everything that he needed for a striker. Yeah, and that weren't well. a great Liverpool side either. No. Not even at, even at Chelsea when it was not even just the Champions League run. He was great in their Europa League run when they won yeah. under Benitez. Just, the worst thing that happened was I think he went 15 games through that score. That was it, wasn't it? And that's what... Because it, it was called the Torres streak. He still, he still scored goals, didn't he? I think he scored think about... He scored one in ten, five in the Prem. I think he scored about 10 every season. I think some around that margin, sort of like 10 to 15. Yeah, just, uh, another player who... 
people forget how good he was because of how bad it ended. It's just the Chelsea curse as well, isn't it, really? You've seen the oh, amount yeah. of players that go there. It, it, it was the curse. Yeah. Well, that's Kesman, where it, yeah. yeah. That's where it's so well. He was the start. He was the initial, wasn't he? Crespo, wasn't there? I think Kesman was before Crespo. Crespo was what two events? Yeah, he probably would have been. Yeah, Kesman came mm-hmm. from was it PSV. Yeah, and then that was before. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I think one fifty. To be fair, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd say he's a, he'd break that sort of one twenty bracket. I think because he obviously would be one of the best mm-hmm. in the world in his prime. Um, kind of sent us a right random list here onto the final player. Um, we have Nani, the most consistently inconsistent footballer. <laughs> Fifth. I'd probably say about 50-60 in the modern market yeah, you've got to it, yeah. if Anthony yeah if Anthony's going for um, I can only remember. oh yeah if Anthony's going for that much mate mm. no, I, can, I can only remember one season where Nanny was exceptional well mm, good except, yeah. and that was the same se- <laughs> it was the same season when uh, that goal against Spurs the ghost goal mm. when he handballed it and Herelia um, Gomez thought it was a, a free kick do you kick. remember when um, he tried to nick Ronaldo's goal for Portugal oh, that would have been one of the best, best goals goal ever yeah. Yeah. and he just taps it in <laughs> and he's given offside uh, that is, um, I'd be so so mad if I was Ronaldo yeah. that as uh, ridiculous uh, that was yeah I think especially with Nani just he was he was a good player don't get it wrong but he was a one in five sort of player yeah, history he? looks back at him through compilations and you go mm. bloody what hell yeah, yeah, Nani's an on his unreal day. player yeah. but when you're there every week Sir Alex weren't afraid to drop him he, he could have dropped Nani Sir and Alex still. wasn't afraid to drop anyone was no, he yeah, but, no I mean like, it, it, if he dropped yeah, Ronaldo it if you dropped yeah. Rooney mm. it affects it wouldn't be the end of the world if Nani yeah. didn't make the so, start yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, don't get wrong like, you two are bang on about Anthony being so you could be worth a lot that's what I'm basing it off basically again, I'd say 50, if we're taking him in his prime for example Anthony was brought in as a young talent who was exceptional at Ajax so that's why the price was overinflated but with Nani if you're taking him in his prime as an inconsistent Winger, who, as I say, one in five in terms of brilliant games. About fifty, I think. Yeah, fair take, yeah. It depends. It depends Could on be where. Two hundred yeah. mils, to be fair. If, if you're signing him from United, you're probably looking at a higher price, aren't you? Yeah. In the first place, there's a lot of. So. I think there's a lot of factors. Signing him for United, you're looking. Yeah, there, there are a lot. Of, there's a lot of factors yeah. exterior to how a player plays as to what they value at because a lot of mm. them, for example, look for, for Grealish. For instance, from us, I don't think his price tag is worth what he was. He's a great, great player, great, great player. I mean, I love Grealish and I'll still love him until the end of his career. I think, and I'll have him back at Villa any day. But I think a lot of that had to do with the fact he was English. There's obviously a consistent thing of English tax, and there's also the fact of what the player is worth to the club. How much is it going to cost to replace them with a player that's going to do a good job? That's my biggest bugbear with a lot of online uh, discourse I see about transfer fees is when. so, for example, when we were on about Matthias Nunez earlier, there was a Man City fan I saw last week calling um, Wolves fans and um, Wolves greedy for wanting to hold out for seventy odd million. But that's what the player's worth to that club. Yeah, yeah. It's like why Palace didn't sell Zaha for ages because yeah. to him, to them, sorry, he's worth that much. You have the initial value of the player of the, what they're worth, and then you have the yeah. additional probably I don't know what we about about twenty thirty mil more than that to what he's worth to the club on top of it because believe it or not clubs don't want to sell their best players no I don't want such a hard contact people um, to grab clubs shouldn't it's not like years ago where smaller clubs could just be forced into selling their best players you want a good pay packet don't you yeah it's not even like the selling if you sell someone who's your best player are you getting in for the same money exactly because yeah. why don't that other club go after them yeah. If, yeah if like if you're selling someone for 70 million no way are you getting a player for 70 yeah, million you, you, in want comp- you want compensation but there, yeah. is, there is also smart business out there like yeah. what we mentioned with the uh, Brighton Caicedo transfer now mm. they, he's not worth that 
to them, it'd probably be probably worth about, I'd say, what, 50, 60, what whatever. They can then do they can get more yeah. players out of it, then rebuild and boost the team more. And that's what it's about. Blank checks for yeah. some, some reason. Todd Bowley just gets his checkbook out because write what you want and I'll just yeah. pay it, I don't care. Whatever you want, man, <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> I think we'll end that episode there on what Ben's just said. <laughs> um, but it's been a massive pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on Thank this you. week, Harrison. You've yeah. passed your probation. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to sign you permanently. Thank you very Welcome. much, guys. His, uh, his loan deal is over. Yeah. We'll do a potch picture. Um, in, the, in the next few weeks uh, just to give a little update uh, me and Harrison start uni again soon so he will be on whenever he's available to really um, every Monday that will continue unless so next weekend next week is normal then the week after is international break and then I think we're back to normal after that once I'm back at uni and you are as well Yeah. so yeah as I say thank you very much for coming on mate absolute pleasure Um and from Ben as always he's, thank, he's, yeah, thank you. I, think he needs, I think he needs the toilet yeah. he's, he's sat in the corner <laughs> like, like I've needed it for about 40 minutes <laughs> that's you been sat drinking that he coffee he's in a coffee and a full bottle of water as yeah, well no. yeah it's but yeah thank you all very much for listening we'll see you all next week with the rest of the gang as always thank you very much